Arkansas wins at 80 to 75. This is one of those Razorback moments. Kenny Tyler played about three minutes in that first half. And what was it? Did he miss a couple of defensive assignments early on and then you put him back in in the second you half? You ready for this? I probably shouldn't tell you this. We didn't have the tights that he wanted, so he didn't know if he wanted to play. Oh, yeah. What? You heard it. We didn't have the tights that he wanted that we've never had for him, and he decided, I don't feel like I can go. That's what young people do. <laughs> oh, yeah. I don't even know. But he figured it out in the second half. He accepted the fact that we didn't have the tights that we've never had for him, and he played, and he played well. Next. Hour three, T-Row in the morning show. Toby and TJ back with you. A1 and world champion turkey bacon. All right, I got a bunch of stuff uh, we want to hit, and then we're going to take a a little bit of an early break, and then we got Porter. Um, This is old news, TJ, but I have forgotten to bring it up, so we can uh, quickly go. Ohio State-Michigan game on Saturday. You probably didn't see it. You were traveling. You don't care about sports. You care more about your own recreation. But... Uh, did you see the flyover? I uh, heard about it. Yeah, I know that the uh, the spy plane flew over. Whatever. The Poseidon yeah. spy plane was their flyover. Remarkable. I know you hate Michigan, but you got to give them some. That was for funny. That. That no, was it was funny. Hilarious. That's funny. I'll give them credit for that. Spencer Rattler to the NFL draft. Thoughts? See an NFL quarterback? Not from what it's appeared in college, but it could be one of those situations that he gets with the right situation and he excels at that level. We've seen that before. We've seen guys that are just okay in college, but we've never seen a guy that was, at least somebody can correct me if I, I'm, I'm not remembering. I don't know that we've ever seen anybody that was as hyped as Spencer Rattler be as average as he was in college and then become a star in the NFL. Uh, let me see what his stats were this year. Uh, 19 touchdowns, eight interceptions. I wish him the best, but I just, I, I don't know. I mean, he's going to float around the league for a long time and make good money and hold a clipboard a lot of the time. So it'll work out for him in that way. Tiger makes his return today. First round of the hero world challenge in the Bahamas today. We'll see how that goes. 
Uh, the following wrestlers have been announced as ones who will be in attendance Saturday for the Big 12 championship game, TJ. You tell me if this is a good billing or not, okay? The Undertaker. Oh, yeah, legend. Jade Cargill. Up-and-coming uh, female wrestler. Just signed by WWE over the last couple of weeks. Was with AEW. Oh, my God. The fact that you know that is amazing. I mean, you couldn't name three players on the OU men's basketball team, but you know who up-and-coming Jade Cargill is in the WWE? Drew McIntyre. Go ahead. Give me his family history. Uh, Scottish. He's Scottish. Uh, the mm-hmm. Scottish warrior. Um, I'm not a huge Drew McIntyre fan. but Hard Knocks uh, Dolphins. I've started watching this. I love the in-season Hard Knocks. Uh, that's only, it? I that's just the three? That's the only three showing up? So far, yeah, no, that's, that's what we've been told. That's weak. Um, the in-season hard knocks is with the Dolphins. I am fascinated with Mike McDaniel, the Dolphins head coach that wears, like, joggers on the sidelines. And Yeah, and there's no doubt he reached out and said, hey, would you guys come film me and put me on TV? Probably, yeah. but he is so non-football coach that I can't – I'm fascinated by him. I'm sure he's got an ego and, and asked to be on and all that kind of stuff, but it's like they gave the head coaching job to the ball boy, and he's succeeding at it. That's what it looks like. Well, it's the same as uh, Spolstra when he came along, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, same city. Look at you. Okay, so I got a text yesterday from Cameron Black. So Cameron Black, this is an unbelievable story, and then we'll take a break. Cameron Black is blind. He is an OU fan who lives in Kansas City, and we've communicated for years. He um, listens to all the sports, loves them all. Avid, avid listener, probably listening right now. Cameron, if you're listening right now, what up? let me know. I want to get you on the show. I'm going to reach out to you later today if, if you're not listening right now. Um. If I were guessing at Cameron's age, I would say 30, mid-30s maybe. Um, Has been blind since birth. Loves the Kansas City Chiefs. Huge Mitch Holtis fan. And loves the Oklahoma Sooners. He will text us or email us frequently after broadcast saying i like this and uh, what about this he's got questions and stuff so uh cameron sends me a text yesterday and it is a story it's about a 25 minute story of a tv story that has been done on him and he has become the first blind person to broadcast a sporting event whoa wait what what so cameron is a huge sports fan and has started like a blog a while back about being a sports fan as a blind person and all this kind of stuff and the scientists found out about the blog somehow and contacted him and said hey listen we're working on something would you participate with us they have built a suit. Suit is the wrong word. It's like um, it's like a, a think of like a, a vest or something, a tight fitting kind of a spandex suit that you would wear 
with uh, sensors all over it, almost like an athlete would wear when they're doing video game stuff, you know, where they've got the ping pong balls all over them and stuff and the video games trying to imitate their body movements and all that kind of stuff. So it doesn't have ping pong balls all over him, but it's a tight fitting kind of a vest suit kind of a thing. And it uh, vibrates in different places, his shoulder, his back, his legs, all that kind of thing, based on what happens on the basketball court. One vibration is 1.2 vibrations is 2.3 vibrations is 3 points. Based on where it, it vibrates, lets him know where on the court or who's got the ball, all that kind of stuff. And he's had to learn this like a language to the point where he went to the NBA playoffs last year and broadcasted Get a Knicks here. playoff game. Now this, the story has unreal. just been the story's just been completed and put out. That's why we're just now finding out about it. It is incredible. It is incredible. I I want to get Cameron on this show to talk about it and I think you know, we we need to at OU we need to do something with him if, if they'll allow that us to use the technology. Unbelievable! Isn't that crazy? Yes. I mean, it was it was tons of time that he put together that he cooperated with these scientists to like teach them what he needs to know to understand what's going on in the court. They would like have practices and they'd put him in the middle of the court during practices so he could like feel what's going on because he's never seen well he's, I was gonna say, he's never birth. seen any of these yeah he doesn't yeah he could feel like what's going on around him and the movement and the players obviously would avoid him and stuff while they're out there but he could feel the movement on the court and and a guy would walk next to him and explain to him what's happening all the time and, all right that goes there and when that goes there this is the vibration you're going to feel and took tons of time to learn all this memorize all this and they brought him to Madison Square Garden, and he broadcasted an NBA playoff game last year. That's about the coolest story I've ever heard. Yeah, no, that's unbelievable. I can't. I'm a little mad at Cameron for not telling me he was doing this. I guess you. I guess he had probably had to keep it top secret and everything until the story came out. Is my guess, but uh, it's out now. So this sounds um, like like this became his life. Like, yeah. I mean, you're learning, like you said, it's almost like learning a new language and everything. One of the cool things apart about the story at the very beginning is um, he told his dad that he wants to become a sports fan. And that, can you explain to me what's going on? You know, OU football game or whatever. Can you? You know what? And, I think I've seen a story. Haven't they done a story on this guy in the Oklahoman or somewhere? Maybe so. And his this dad. sounds familiar. Probably. I think that's right. His dad said, uh, I immediately said, yes, uh, I'd love to. And then he was like, well, this is going to be harder than I originally thought because he doesn't know anything about uh, the difference between a wide receiver and a tight end and what each guy on the offensive line does and what the quarterback's seeing when he drops back. And so his dad would watch the football games and explain to him exactly what was going on and what every position on the field is responsible for and and that kind of made him fall in love with sports in the first place. And now he's addicted and listens to all of our broadcasting, listens to all the Chiefs games and sports radio and everything. And yeah, It's awesome. If he'll allow me to link it all, link it on my There's on been my a story somewhere that I've read about this guy, and now you're saying all this. Not, not the technology stuff, but just the, the fandom and how he learned to – maybe it was one of those Father's Day stories that they do in, like, the Oklahoma yeah, or somewhere probably. that dad taught him about sports. But absolutely incredible. He's – 
learning all this, wearing this suit, this technology, figuring all this out with, you know, vibrations and taps, and we're sitting here talking about beans and chili, people. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> what are we doing with our lives? What are we doing here? I'll take a break. Porter Moser joins us live to talk about tonight's game at McCaslin Fieldhouse next. The T-Row in the Morning Show is brought to you every day by the Riverwind Casino and Hotel, OKC's number one gaming destination. The one for entertainment, the one for games, the one for fun. Riverwind Casino, simply the best. Seven, o- seven o'clock tonight, historic McCaslin Fieldhouse. Oklahoma back at it against Arkansas Pine Bluff, back from their championship in San Diego, and we're joined now by Sooners head coach Porter Moser. Good morning, Coach. Good morning, Toby. How are you? I'm doing good. It's great to talk to you again, and uh, congratulations on a, a very successful trip to the West Coast. Uh, what do you feel like you learned about your team out there in San Diego, Coach? You know, I, I learned that, uh, you know, I, I just watched them, um, you know, as they with Iowa. We really talked about what we had to do to take away Iowa because they had that high-power offense. You and I talked on the radio about it, and – we held them. I mean, they've been get, averaging 95. They had 103 last night. We, were, we kept them in the 60s, and it was really in the 50s. They went on like a 10, 12-point barrage the last two minutes. But we were, they were in the 50s. We really guarded. And uh, then we turned around and had to play USC, which is, had a different dynamic team of how incredibly athletic USC is um, with those guards. And when, then they had a, a, a big man in the middle who blocked 10 shots the night before. And they, they adjusted, and we came out and did some things against them and kept them all below their averages. And what I learned is these guys are really buying in and having fun defending, you know, together. You know, it's, you can't be great in basketball in any sport if, if, if it's not everybody, you know, if there's a weak link. And uh, I feel like we're, we're, we got guys in there that are really defending. We didn't shoot the ball well, and this is what I, I take away too. We didn't shoot the ball well, and I'm always saying you can win if you don't shoot well, if you're defending and rebounding. And that's what we did. We defended and rebounded, and then eventually we made enough shots. What can a performance like that, a couple of wins like that, do for a team early in the season in your experience? Well, uh, you know, just the belief. The belief, you know, um, can keep growing. I mean, we all believe. Like, opening night, everybody's on the starting line. And you go around the country. You believe you're going to win? You believe you're going to win? Everybody believes you're going to win. I mean, there's no one that does it. And, and then as you start stacking wins and, and you see yourself playing better and you see stuff you're trying to do come to, come to light in the games, you start th- that belief even grows and it becomes real. And uh, I, 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 feel like, I feel like they felt that way. And uh, the other thing I really like, and I'm, I'm just absolutely pouring into them, is you've got to have a humble, confident respect for every uh, opponent you play. And it's and that's what's going to help you keep chasing. You know, we can't let complacency slip in. We can't let you know entitlement slip in. It's got to be this hungry, humble respect for your opponent and, and respect about getting better. Uh, you excited about tonight, Coach McCaslin Fieldhouse tonight? I am for a lot of reasons. You know, I'm excited to first and foremost to get back on the court with the guys and get better from the USC game. You know, we've really talked about what we could have done better the last couple games, and I'm, I'm excited to see that. Um, and then, of course, this was something that, you know, when I, I went to a volleyball game my first year here, 
and it was packed. I'm looking around here going, I'm looking in the rafters seeing Alvin Adams, Gar Hurd, and I've gotten to meet those guys. And I'm a big believer in, a, you know, your history paved the way for the future in every era. You know, that's why I brought back Calvin Sampson's team last year when they won 20th anniversary of that Final Four team. I brought them back and honored them. And I just, we're bringing back a lot of these former players. We've got 25 players that played in that, in McCaslin coming back wow. today. Having a reunion. They're going to get together. Hopefully they'll, they'll have, I hope they'll lose, you know, incite some memories that when they played in there 50 years ago. And, uh, and I also wanted it for the students to see how loud a, a, an atmosphere can get. I mean, let's transfer that to Lloyd Noble every time. Let's, let's do that. I just, I just thought there was a lot of reasons and, you know, credit to Joe C and Marcus Bowman for, for helping me push this through and all the other people behind the scenes with maintenance and facilities that just went out of the way to make this happen. I'm appreciative so much. Yeah, it was a big endeavor to uh, get that ready for a regular season game like this. Do you have an expectation as to what the student, you know, turnout and atmosphere is going to be like tonight? Do you have a hunch? You know what? I'm hoping. I've talked to so many of them, and, you know, it was funny. We, uh, we had a sorority that won the contest for the opening night at our practice yesterday, and they, they have a date night at their sorority. Um, I will say this, intramural championship was supposed to be tonight, and they moved it to Saturday, so I love that. So I want to shout out. We called in there. They moved the, the intramural championships to Saturday. I don't know. I know Thursday is a big night for college students, but our marketing department, every single sorority, fraternity, dorm organization have, have got a flyer. So you know, I'm hoping it's packed. I'm hoping it's packed and uh, um, for the students and they can kind of see it. We got T-shirts on every single chair already. I already saw a picture of it. Every single chair is completely a whiteout already. We got popcorn for the first 500 students there. And, uh, you know, and I, it is different. Now, Toby, let me tell you this. I'm going to take a charge tonight because there is no room for the referee to run by me. I'm telling you. I, there is, it, is, it is tight on the sidelines. And I think you'll get one or two persons stepping out of bounds not knowing where they are because there's lines everywhere for the volleyball yeah. Uh, yeah. on the court. Yeah, you better. Do you know who the refs are tonight? Because there's a couple of those that won't like that very much. But uh, hopefully, you get a good set of refs tonight. So, um, I will. <laughs> UAPB, the opponent tonight, Arkansas Pine Bluff, four and four on the year. Looks like a high scoring team. Like to shoot the threes. What's the scattering report on the Lions? How fast they play. They got again. They're a top twenty offense in terms of how fast they play. Um, the, the, the whole key is is this three point line, and get and then getting to the foul line. Uh, number one in Milton is the number third player of drawing fouls in the entire country through eight games. He, he draws seven or eight fouls a game, gets the foul line. They got a couple guys averaging 20 a game, but they shoot. They have one through four, all can shoot. And uh, that's where they're dangerous. They've made um, over 90 threes, 90 some threes through eight games. That's like, I mean, we're in the 40s. I mean, they, they, that's how, and we're shooting a lot. And they just absolutely, you're going to see just a rain of threes, and they can shoot it. We got it. We can't let them get their average. They're averaging around 12, 11 to 12 made threes a game. We've got to keep that half that. Um, uh, we've got to get our transition going. I think that's a, a thing where we can really uh, get them is we've been running and passing ahead and, and really getting out and run and having some offense created by our defense. So I think you're going to see a fast-paced game tonight uh, in that small atmosphere. Two personnel questions, and, and we'll let you go, Coach. Uh, John Hughley, did you expect him to be a 70% three-point shooter when you brought him in? No. <laughs> is this, I mean, like, this going to be I a part not, of his I'm game all lie. year? 
I would love to lie. Like, hell yeah, I did. Uh, <laughs> no, you know what I did? But you know what? Is, you don't really expect anybody to make seven out of the first ten. But you know what? He, we, we expect him to be able to knock it down. You know, yeah. and he's, uh, he's got just the confidence. And the funny thing about it is, like, God, if I was with Majerus, he would die because he looks at John's body. He'd be like, get on that block. Get on, you know, <laughs> pound it away. And John, John, to his credit, likes to do both. But, I, I, you know, if you saw we ran a little spin move post-up late in the game for him. Yeah. You know, he had a really big post-up against USC. But uh, it just makes it more of a threat when you can do both. I mean, it really does. And I, uh, tonight, here's another interesting thing. Last year when they switched with our five, we didn't make them pay as much. Mm-hmm. Um, it's going gonna, it's gonna to really – if you're going to switch on to John, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be difficult because he's – uh, I'd like to say he's a little less than he is, but he's, you know, he's, he's a big wide body down there and uh, it's going to be difficult to switch. So, but watch, watch that because it's the first team we've seen switch a lot. One through five. The other thing is uh, JV and McCollum, you know, that final play, the game winner against USC, tremendous play by Tega to, to tap it in and win it. But I was thinking um, you got a guy now who late in a game, a close game, and you're going to see a lot of those in the big 12, you could put the ball in their hands, JV and McCollum, and say, you know, go be a bucket getter for us. And whether he makes a shot or draws a double team or finds somebody else or creates an offensive rebounding situation like he did against USC, that's not something you've had, Coach. What, what a tremendous luxury this is to have a guy like JV and McCollum this year. Well, it, it's it's speed. We, we talked so much about speed. And – uh you know, I think it translates, you know, we talk a lot of football here, and, and you know, it's, it translates in these sports. Um, and we just have not had speed. And I think with speed, we can run faster up the court. And I think um, he can. He can create something out of nothing. Ironically, that last play, there's, there's teaching moments of what happened. We didn't do it exactly as good as we can and uh, um, in terms of creating a separation for that last shot. And the, but the thing was that we, a situational piece is that we, we do, we'll do situations in practice and it, we're down two, down three with, or tied under 10 seconds and a shot goes up and a couple guys aren't crashing. And we've, and all our guys talked about this. We made the point, Hey, if you're down two or, or down three last shot, everybody's got to crash. There is no transition defense. If you miss, you lose. You've got to crash the glass. We crashed four on that shot, and uh, and Tega, it was just really a good, good tip in by him. But Javian gives us gives us a lot. Of, I mean, and I and I tell you, I really expect Milos. I mean, he's Milos hasn't scored the way he, I think he might, and he's not that he's always this uh, a top scorer. But Milos had 13 assists, one turnover in that tournament, and I think he's starting to get his confidence going back again, his comfortability. And sometimes sophomores do that when you play just. Milo's had two really good practices. So I'm really looking for him to also be in it. But 13 assists, one turnover against that competition is outstanding. That's big time. 7 o'clock tonight, folks. You can watch it on ESPN Plus if you're not one of the lucky 5,000 students or so that will get in tonight. OU and Arkansas Pine Bluff. Coach, thanks so much as always for a few minutes of your time, and we will see you at the Fieldhouse here in a while. All right, guys. Take care. Boomer. See you, Coach. There you go. I'm excited about this tonight. You know, Arkansas Pine Bluffs um, four and four. I'm not. I'm not telling you they're a great team, but they're not the worst team they've played. They would of the uh, you know that first four teams that came in. 
it looks like to me they're they would be maybe the best or second best of of the non San Diego teams they played so far. They got some guys that can fill it up. He was mentioning the guy that gets fouled a lot, TJ. Kylan Milton has they played eight games, okay? He has taken sixty seven free throw attempts already this year. In eight games. That is getting to the line. That is like SGA territory right there. All right, break time. Uh, we'll, we'll hit some of your texts when we come back. 405-651-3439. The Ref Radio Sports Network is powered statewide by the insurance adjusters at Brown O'Haver. Fire, wind, theft, or tornado, we can help. Call 405-735-5510. TJ, is DJ Graham the only Sooner that's hit the portal so far? Yes, I believe that's right. They had the one the kid decommit, which doesn't count. I mean, that's not portal, but uh, portal-wise, yes, I believe so. Isn't that pretty shocking? I mean, even if there wasn't a coaching change. In today's world, yes. But I don't – what's that? Oh, there we go. I was bleeding over there some. Um, yeah, I guess at this point in the season, when you're not playing in a conference championship <clears throat> game, yes, like – that's normally when guys get their name out there quickly. I'm sure there'll be more. But if you had asked me how many when the when the season ends, when the regular season ends, how many guys you think will go in the portal, I would have said at least five, maybe more. I mean, in this day and age, if you're not starting, right, you're looking for somewhere else you can go play. So I just assume everybody's going to have five to ten guys hit the portal. At least, so the fact it, it can sit, throwing in an offensive coordinator change in there, uh, it's pretty shocking to me. Now maybe there'll be seven guys today, so I apologize if that's the case. But do, do you believe what Matt Rule said yesterday about um, the quarterback and what it costs to get a quarterback? That that's the starting point. Like I know we keep talking about this NIL deal, and I know there are deals out there, and I know there are good deals, and we've seen Danny and some other guys benefit from some things around here. But I don't know if I'm believing this, that guys can start out in the 2 million range or 1.5. That's the starting point for just any quarterback out of the portal. So if you're talking about the kid out of Duke, you know, someone I saw throw something out there that he was 5-7. to seven, And I'm like, I do, are, are there guys really getting that? Like, I don't know if I, I don't believe know the that. Answer. I, I, don't I don't know if I, I believe it. I don't know the answer. I would say that. If that's the case, it's the top guys. Well, that's what I'm saying, yeah. And I mean, he's considered the I top guy right now. I heard Travis, I think, make this point yesterday. I don't know that I necessarily think that's happening at the elite schools where they don't have to, you know? Like the Alabamas and Oklahomas yeah. and Georgias of the world, I think they're saying, listen, we'll give you you know, this many, a lot of money. Here's a nice chunk of change, but we're not going to – we're Georgia. We'll we're take- not going to cripple ourselves to – get you we're gonna be fine but here's what we can offer you if you want to come be a part of the spotlight and the stage that we provide but yeah i don't know i don't have a really good feel for what exactly the market is out there yeah i mean like i said i know kids are getting money and i know some have some really nice deals but like i don't know if i'm believing that i feel like maybe it's level pulling in four to five million just to hit the portal if maybe this is level. hopeful thinking on my part i feel like maybe it's leveled off a little bit on both sides you know even like the the side of the schools the early returns are 
the schools that are throwing tons of money into it, it isn't helping them a lot, i.e. Texas A&M and Miami. Mm-hmm. Now, right. th- you are getting diamonds in the rough here and there that are making big impacts. I'm just saying, I think maybe you look at around the country, and Oklahoma seems to have taken this approach. We're going to be competitive in NIL, but we're not going to lead the world in it because that's not why we want you coming to play for us. We're going to be competitive so that you don't feel like you're um, – you're having to pass on life-changing money somewhere else. But we don't want the sole reason you're coming here to be soul. See what I did? I didn't mean that. The only reason you're coming here to be because we've offered you a gazillion dollars. Yeah. Um, it's strange, too, the way that Matt Rule put it. Like, Nebraska, you would think, if Riley Leonard's out there, and say he ends up still being the top guy out there, like, if you're Nebraska, if you are one of the big boys or former big boys and you're trying to get back, aren't you scraping up two, three, four million dollars yeah. to go get him and say, this is the guy sure. that puts us in the right direction? Well, if you can do it, yeah. yeah. Uh, and Nebraska's got enough. Isn't Auburn been a place he's been rumored to go? Like, if you, if you are of that ilk and a quarterback could get you competitive with the big boys, then I think you're – but that, but not everybody's – I don't know, TJ. That's a good question. Yeah, and Travis is sending that, you know, he said a quarterback would fetch one to point five. I took that as, was that the starting point? Like for mm. a low, or did he mean that's top-level quarterback there? So, yeah, if it's top-level quarterback, then, yeah, why wouldn't you if you're in Nebraska? You figure out a way from whoever to pull together $1.5 million and you go get a top guy and say, start us on our way back. I mean, seems easy to me. Um, not my money, though. Cameron Black going to come on with us tomorrow morning at 6.35, Teach, And I know that's early. He's got to do it before work, so we'll re-rack it later in the show as well if you miss it. But that's the uh, young man we were talking about, uh, the blind broadcaster. Uh, he's going to join us on tomorrow's show. So uh, I'm going to post that story. I got his permission. I'm going to post his story on my socials coming up here after the show. I would encourage everybody to go check it out. It's a, it's a lengthy, it's like a 25-minute piece. But it's well worth it, and it'll give you some background before we have Cameron on tomorrow morning. I think you'll really enjoy it. Any texts you want to get to here, Teach? Uh, Big 12 referee of the year, the official who missed the P.I. call at OSU. He was the Big 12 uh, official of the year yesterday. We did not see that. You did not read that category. I didn't read that one, no. Uh, this one, I like when someone sends us a text and then uh, happened yesterday, too, then keeps texting us thinking they're texting someone else. Uh-huh. Originally, they said, will I be able to read Danny Stutzman's autograph, or does he scribble like everyone else? I think he scribbles. I think awesome. I was, it's on the back of the shirt, right, his autograph? I don't know. Uh, but then it, they followed that up with two texts. One, when did Babe eat last? Mm-hmm. So I sent a little uh, emoji of Babe the Pig. Either. And then uh, we're coming over, right? Huh. So I locked the door, Teach. Uh, Sharon CIC here is in. She's wanting the Miami Dolphins. Wow, how about being this deep and haven't used the Dolphins yet? That's pretty Hang good. Hang on, Sharon C. Let me make sure you're not cheating. She kind of strikes me as someone who might try to fudge the of rules, course. don't you think, Of course, team? yes. Let's see. Sharon C's used the Ravens, Chiefs, Eagles, 49ers, Lions, Bills, Seahawks, Chargers, Browns, Cowboys, Giants, and Titans. Holy cow. She's got the fish. You're in, Sharon. Stephen OKC, he wants the Jags. I like this. We're getting some different picks here from yeah. the 10 that are left. Okay, got it. 
Uh, Benny's going the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. There goes that theory. Okay, got it. This uh, texter says, I saw Doc B with an incredible top dog hat with the helicopter on top yesterday. Huge flex. <laughs> Doc, B's, Doc, in a while. Doc B's got a vintage collection of OU clothing that's probably worth hundreds of thousands of dollars. He's got the satin jackets. He's got old top dog uh, shirts and hats. Uh, he's probably walking on a gold mine. Doesn't even know it. Uh, I'm trying to make sure. If I miss your pick today, I apologize. I'm going to try to look through here and make sure I don't. I know there's not many of you. Um, there's several texts we haven't got to. So if I miss you, then just get with me tomorrow. We'll, we'll correct it if I have to. But I'm trying not to miss any for you. Uh, there's Sooner Alliance. He wants the Jaguars. Sooner Alliance wants the Jags. Got it. Uh, okay. Let me go back here. Marcus Hicks, I guess, is in the portal. Oh, yeah, yeah. I forgot yeah. about Marcus Hicks. That happened, like, before yeah. the season ended. But, yeah, you're right. I forgot about him. Um, There's probably, like, seven others I've forgotten about, but I, I can't. This I one's saying, so. speaking of the portal, we kind of hit on this a day or two ago, but this person's wanting to know, uh, where do you think DG ends up next year? Pro or college or what? If it was me, I'd beg him to come back to OU. You guys know that stance, but I appear to be on a uh, lonely mountain there. Um, I think now's the time to go pro. Is now the time, or is now the time to just keep moving up the the all time rankings? The NIL makes such a difference, man. Yeah. I mean, he would be highly in demand and make some cash. Well, he'd out be there. one of those one point five million dollar kids, I, two million. It yeah. would be a line of impressive school like we would there would be a really good chance we play against dylan gabriel next year if he wants to play one more year in college and ou isn't the place i mean that you know that's the kind of schools that will be trying to get him now i don't know if he's like is is he's not a youngster and he's coming off a really good year. And he has been a bit injury prone. So should you get while the getting's good or as good as it's going to get, you know? Right. I don't know. I, that's probably a see what the NFL tells you situation and then make a, a decision. Because you're right. He, he could make seven figures next year somewhere. I love this. We get this I just ever so don't often. Want him to go to like Texas A and M, and then be a star. You know that's gonna really hurt if he goes somewhere that we hate and just lights it up next year. Uh, this question comes in every now and then. I always laugh at it um, because we how have long been you guys together. been on this well, show, TJ? How did you and Toby get acquainted with each other, <laughs> and how long have you guys been working together? We were uh, January of '04. The then boss of the station hired me full-time. I had been working for him for free for over two years, um, doing the job that he <laughs> hired me Potential for, finally. Potential stock options. Training, yeah. training, other, uh, training other people to have the job I wanted. And then he said, hey, you're going to have to be on the morning show with this guy named Toby. I think you two will be okay together. And I just showed up one morning. Toby and I never spoke before that morning. Huh. We never pre-planned you know, anything. You didn't know of me before that? I knew of you, yeah, because you had, okay. I mean, I'd been around the station. You had done stuff with Jim Byers and 
had been some mid-mornings and done some stuff, and then was movement going to mornings, and then, um, so yeah. That was a magical pairing, by so the way. So that was, Jan- so January of, in one month, basically, we will have been doing this show for 20 years together. Mm-hmm. We started in January of 04 together. So that's how we yeah. became acquainted. Hey, uh, show up at 6 a.m., this is your new job, and you'll be with the morning guy. That's how it happened. That's how it happened. <laughs> we were put together. And then it was a forced <laughs> marriage. Magic. Sparks flew. Yep. All right. Um, is that it? Anything else you want to get to? Uh, there's some people uh, wanting us to go down the pineapple on pizza route here. Nope, There's still chili talk. It. So no, mm-hmm. I think we're no, good. We're okay. Break time. Chris Plank joins us to wrap up the show next. This hour of the T-Row in the Morning Show is brought to you by RK Black, a leading provider of office technology solutions for small and medium-sized businesses. Call 405-943-9800 or visit rkblack.com.